0: Hi, hope you're all well on this uh, Bank Holiday Monday in the UK. Um, I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. And tonight, um, myself and Dr. Sunny Desi, we're continuing our uh, weekly series of lives, talking to different practitioners from around the world. Um, hi, Sunny, and hi, Martina. I think uh, Balsam, Balsam's joined us as well. Hi, Rochelle, hope you're doing well. Um, I'll just uh, invite Sonny. We've got Dr. Martina Lavery, who's a dentist from Australia, from Sydney in Australia. I'll just invite
1: Sonny. Good evening, Viv. how are you? I'm
0: fine, thanks. How was your uh, bank holiday, Monday been?
1: It was uh, was very good. Um, We did a cultural visit to Cambridge Right. So, um, yeah. No. It was, it was very good. Um, a little bit of fact finding. I, I even took some time to check out uh, Cavendish Clinic as well in John Lewis. So uh,
0: right.
1: What did you was, think of it? it well, um, I, I, to be honest, I just went in there and took their price list. But right. um, it was it was interesting to see the setup that you could join the Cavendish Clinic from the outside from the high street. It had almost like right. its own separate entrance. But there's also yeah. an entrance in, um, in John Lewis as well. And it's yeah. positioned within yeah. the beauty area and uh, sort of tucked away. But, um, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Hi, really? Martina. Good evening. Good uh, morning. Oh, good morning. Good, yeah. good
0: morning. Good morning. <laughs> it's, a very
2: early morning. <laughs> it's very oh,
0: kind of you to join us at 5.30 in the morning in Sydney. I've got to really thank you from both of us, Martina.
2: Oh no. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you guys. It's lovely.
0: Oh, it's it's you're the second um, practitioner from Australia. We had Jake Sloan on last week and you know him well from training, I think, a few weeks back. Yes. Um but we'll we'll um we'll talk a little bit about yourself, about your background. I'll let Sunny handle it if that's all right. Sunny can go through a little bit about the background of your sorry mm-hmm. and aesthetics, Martina.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, Martina, over to you, really. Um, so we always like to start off with a little bit of background about yourself, um, your kind of, your journey into aesthetics from a more conventional um, sort of traditional medical field, and then and then where, where you're at now, so sort of past, present, and then future. So yeah, everyone watching will be really interested, I'm sure.
2: Now, how long does this live go for, Sonny? <laughs> uh, as
1: long as you want it. <laughs> as long as you want it. You're um, the guest. You're the guest. Yeah, so...
2: I'm actually a UK graduate. So I actually graduated from Northern Ireland in Queens, a long time ago, 1998. Okay. Okay. And I was given the opportunity in my final year to study forensics. So I had a forensic scholarship to Adelaide in South Australia. And I actually met my husband there and we came back, he's a dentist as well. We actually came back and worked in Manchester for a while. And then we decided to go back to Sydney. So I've been in Sydney since uh, 2001. Yeah. And worked as a general dentist, um, was in a partnership practice. And then I, like all good things, I actually fell into aesthetics. So, as a dentist, you know, I was constantly thinking about bruxism yeah. and, and seeing the presentation of bruxism, although, you know, it seems to be much, much more prevalent these days, probably post pandemic. And I was doing all of the um, treatments to alleviate pain and try to minimize bruxism. But then I came across the injectable pathway of masseter reduction using toxin. And it really ignited something in me that I just loved. I just loved it from the minute I started. And so, you know, we were getting good results and then patients would say, oh, well, you know, what about here and here? And I thought, well, if I'm going to carry the drug, I need to know lots about it. So I delved into lots of study and I actually you know, wanted to really know where that needle was going. So I actually studied dermal therapy. And then I've just graduated with a master's of facial aesthetics from the UK last year. And um, my thesis was on the treatment of lower face laxity. So when I talk about aging and rejuvenation, I talk about volume loss, I talk about surface changes and laxity of the skin. So I think if we approach aging with those three pillars in mind, we can be pretty comprehensive. So that's really it in a nutshell. I've opened up, um, I've worked by myself in my own clinic for about seven years, but we've just recently relocated to a new clinic. Um, So I'm... Working hard at that and enjoying not not having any formal study um, at the moment, but you know every every day is a learning experience.
1: Definitely, and
2: that's led me into ultrasound.
1: Definitely. So, before we get onto the ultrasound, I've got a question that I think anyone watching this back or watching it now will have. Most UK graduates, and I can I can probably guess the answer to your uh, guess the answer to this question. Most UK graduates will go to Australia. And then they'll come back rather than staying out there. Now, was it down to your husband being Australian that you um, stayed out there, or is he, is he UK? Is, is he from the no, UK from as well? No, Australia. he's Australian. Yeah, so is, that, I, is that the reason why you went back, or is it, is it because of the love of Australia?
2: Look, I think obviously it was because of my husband being Australian that we came back here. Yeah. Um, but it's an amazing country. And I think, you know, we've had a wonderful life here. I've got two boys, their lifestyle is very outdoors. They're cricket um, mad, as is my husband. So I think our lifestyle has been amazing here. And also I, I think for me, it was such a liberating experience coming from working as a national health dentist um, to you know want to do a treatment plan and not seek approval to put like a white porcelain crown on a tooth so it was very liberating to work here initially as especially as a younger person you know it's 20 years ago now um, so I think the work as a dentist which was a huge part of our life of course, our professional life um was really nice it was very refreshing actually
1: that to... sounds that sounds very attractive so viv is really eager to ask, ask this question <laughs> so i'll ask it for him so, it's um... just
0: that i came across martina i think it was probably a year ago when you very kindly recorded a christmas greeting for a series of video that i did last year and i've got to thank you for that martina
2: no, Viv, I, I came across you because I was absolutely blown away by your ability with graphic design <laughs> and all things IT. All things that I am not, Viv. So, you know, I was amazed and um all of the things that you're able to do with the CGI, it's just phenomenal. I, I just wonder like, do you sleep, Viv?
0: <laughs> it grew, yeah, writing. I do sleep sometimes. I, I'm writing an article in the uh, PMFJ Journal about the uh, CGI work that I've been doing. So that will hopefully be published in the next few months. So that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to, uh, talking about the CGI work that I do. But we'll, we'll talk more about you, uh, Martina. We'll talk a bit more about what you do. Um, you... You implement technology really well in your dental and aesthetics work. Um, you've recently introduced 3D CT scanning for patients, um, yes. particular problems with, with gagging. I think that's what you mentioned yes. in your post. Um, that, how did that come about? How did also your um, journey into the start of ultrasound come about, basically?
2: I think it really has to go down to what kind of practitioner you want to be and the experience that you want your patients to have. And I think that, you know, technology for me is scary, actually, I have to say. It's not an innate thing like you, Viv. I have to learn it. I have to literally step one, two, three, and then I can do it. But I think, you know, we have so many limitations using conventional uh, diagnostic tools. Yeah. So the the diagnostic 2D image, you know, where you bite down on a little um, x-ray film inside your mouth. Yes, it provides us with a lot of information, but there's more information we can gain and there's better information and it can improve the patient's outcome and... I've just embraced it, not through my love of technology, but because I just believe we can be better. So 3D imaging in dentistry has been around for a long time, um, and it's probably more associated with um, dental implants and surgery, um, because obviously you need to know all of those anatomical features, particularly nerves and blood vessels, if you're going to be drilling the jawbone. But, you know, now we really, sometimes you just need more information. So I think it's about information finding.
0: Yeah. What and do also, your, Sorry. Look, it, it was just really, I was just wondering what your patients think about that. Your, your grasp of, of in, initiating the use of technology in your work. What do you, your patients think of that?
2: They love it. They really do. Like they are really impressed. Um, and I think it's been a beautiful journey as a dentist because I have worked in the same area for 20 years as I'm sure you know for the same you guys and you know just to see the the patient journey with me um, over two decades and seeing you know a grandmother in a family and then seeing the daughter and seeing the grandchildren seeing that third generation and they've They've embraced this story with me as well. Like the journey um, that I've had in my career has been because the patients have, you know, been on that journey with me. So I think they're really impressed. Um, they, it's really funny because actually one patient said, can you afford all of this? Like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, well, we'll be okay. You know, we'll see how we go. Because it's not, it's not cheap, right? It's not cheap to invest. So I think the investment, um, the outlay, the training, it's not about buying a machine, is it? No. You buy the machine, the machine can sit in the corner and collect dust, but you really have to invest in your own training. And I think patients are loving it. Um, I think they're really enjoying not having to go elsewhere because before I would refer them to radiology. So I think they're really enjoying that aspect of it, that it's on site. For me, I just love having the ability to diagnose pathology. And, you know, not everything is routine. So I think <laughs> Martina,
1: the more it's a testament, a massive testament to your um, patient approach, the fact that, they, you know, you've got generations of patients under your care. And um, Jake mentioned, and forgive me if it's a bit controversial, but Jake mentioned, last, uh, Jake Sloan, that... In, in Australia, the dentists, unfortunately, fall into a bit of a grey area in aesthetics. Um, now that we've got a dentist on, uh, on with us now, could you just explain that a little bit further, your viewpoint about aesthetic medicine, obviously dentistry, and maybe perhaps dentists falling into this grey area that Jake was mentioning? Is that something that's real? Or
2: Yeah, look, I think it is a grey area. Um, I think it all boils down to scope of practice. And I think, you know, staying within your scope. So I think scope of practice is a very individual scope of practice. So I think um, competency, is very hard to assess, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, you can have someone who perhaps is a nurse or doctor, but are they competent? You can have a dentist and are they competent? So competency is very hard to measure, but I think, being able to demonstrate the ability to have good training, and that you know you are you are working with um, within the boundaries of what you're trained for and what your skills match up for, is very important to demonstrate.
1: No, definitely, definitely. So um, we've touched on ultrasound a little bit. Obviously, we're all new to it, and the the theme that's come across everyone that we've spoken to is that there's no standardization globally. There are people who are specialists in it. There are even, uh, you know, radiographers who are specialists in imaging, but not necessarily facial um, aesthetics and ultrasound. Um, where do you see ultrasound at the moment in your practice and maybe in, in Sydney itself in terms of the, the approach that you're taking?
2: I just can't believe that I was doing injectables without it. No, to be fair. Um... I, I, I went along to a course a few months ago. Um, I've actually got two radiologists, um, in my family. Right. So I have been able to pick their brains, but again, it's quite, um, not rare, but it, it's not, co- it's uncommon fish face- for facial, um, assessment through ultrasound. Um, But I went along to a course a few months ago and I really thought, you know, I would love to know more. I would love to be better and I would love to be safer. That's just the fundamental way that I think about practicing. And I I felt overwhelmed to be honest because I didn't have any background knowledge at all. Um, And I thought, gosh, how am I ever going to be able to understand these black and white images on the screen but really at the end of the day it is just about pattern recognition I think and then I had a light bulb moment and I thought well I'm forever looking at black and white images but they're static so it's just really about training the brain and the eye to recognize patterns. Now, I think you can't do that by yourself. I think um, there's been great training that I've attended recently here in Sydney, which has um, had an online component to it. So you actually have to do some uh, pre-recorded webinars for a few hours. I think it's five or six hours. And it really came together for me doing that. And I've realized that it's just about practicing and that those images three months or four months ago that I really thought I won't know how to do this, they make sense now. Yeah. And it's been quite interesting implementing it into the practice because it's its another layer of the patient wow factor. You know, why you really are taking this seriously. and And I think patients appreciate that you're always undergoing professional development and that you're always trying to do things in a way that is gold standard for them. But I, I've used it pretty much every day since completing that course in some way or another, like scanning my boy's face. I mean, they they're, think I'm silly and anyway coming home with ultrasound devices is just like another layer of craziness but um, yeah just getting the opportunity to scan an area recognize and you know it all does make sense when you understand the physics I mean I'm absolutely no expert and I'm still learning and I'm really embracing the learning and can't wait to learn more but I think I think it's just been absolutely brilliant, and I actually really think that it has been easier to do than I initially thought. Actually, would you when feel the same, guys?
0: Yeah, I, I, I went to training with um, the Academy of, of uh, Regenerative Medicine in the UK earlier in the year, and it was a group of practitioners. It was a small group of about well. Seven or eight of us all together, and we were learning about using the technology, carrying out scans, guided ultrasound technique um, and it, it was it i I was using the scanner earlier in the years so I had a little bit of practice myself um, and it was a little. I was a bit lucky in that respect that I'd had some practical training myself initially by myself and it did help me it was easier to follow the the learning and and the training that I went through because of a little bit of experience doing things myself but every day I'm still learning I'm by no means an expert but the CGI work that I do gives me an appreciation of understanding anatomy in a different way. You can't just learn from textbooks because everyone's so different. That's right.
1: No, exactly. And the same for me, Martina. I've just, um, I've not done any traditional learning, obviously discussing with Viv doing these ultrasound, but every day, every time that we're doing um, fillers, it's now a standardised approach, you know, five, ten minutes of just scanning vascular mapping everywhere. But now I've started against the habit of just talking to the patient about the different layers. And now some of my clients are coming back after maybe a year and a half or two years. And, you know, you can visualize muscle and filler because you know where muscle should be. And if there's something there that, you know, you can differentiate between muscle and filler. I mean, they're astounded, especially when you're doing cheeks. I mean, cheeks is one thing that patients and clients are always worried about. Like I don't want to look like a chipmunk. And increasingly without ultrasound I wouldn't have known that filler was there already and that yeah. you're actually, you're actually just having to use like 0.05 of a mil just to supplement what's already there rather than putting the standard MD codes amounts, or whatever you want yeah. to subscribe to. So definitely, definitely. Um, mm. One of my questions was going to be now, obviously you've done an MSc in facial aesthetics. Was that, where, where did you do it? Just for people to be interested in knowing. Where I did
2: Prof. Ali Ganem was the lead there.
1: Um, so which so, university? Which university did you... Ulster. Ulster, okay. okay. Uh,
2: with, with Birmingham. With yeah.
1: Birmingham, so, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: And was it all yeah, was... distance or did you have to attend as well? See the... Yeah,
2: I had to attend as well. Okay. Uh, amazing Godavra, um, dissection as well. But I think that's just one thing with the ultrasound. It's just even even if you're not going to use it for um injecting just anatomy visualization i i just think my anatomy knowledge has just gone through the roof since doing um ultrasound because that ability to see it real time
1: exactly
2: and just the understanding of the different layers and and that we're all very unique in our anatomy and and actually what you said sanna you know we're You didn't realize there was filler before and then you can see it and you realize, wow, this is, you know, this this filler has been there for a while as well. That's really
0: interesting. Exactly. What what would you say? I'm just going to ask Martina for practitioners that may be watching and thinking, well, I'm considering maybe doing some training just to find out about the whole world of ultrasound use in aesthetics. I don't intend to buy a scanner just yet, but I want to find out more about it. What was your experience of the cutaneous training with with Peter um, and Jake who'd organised it? How how did you find that training as as pretty much a beginner in the whole world of ultrasound, uh, Martina?
2: I think that that training is um, just phenomenal. I, I think that the the expert knowledge that uh, Peter and uh, Tatiana shared with us. And, you know, thanking Jake for facilitating it and making it such a lovely, safe learning group was really um, appreciated by all of us. But I think the way that it was set up having the pre-learning. So I think it gives you a taste for it um, and whether you feel that you're out of your depth or whether you feel that it's something within your capability, I think that quickly becomes apparent during the online learning. And I think the online learning is brilliant because I just even went back on Sunday and thought, if you guys start grilling me, I better know a bit, <laughs> more, a bit more of my terminology. So, you know, better um, swat up. So it's there for you. Um, it's a really good investment of time and money. I think it's actually quite affordable course. Given that we're trained by, you know, pioneers, literally pioneers in this field. And they just share their knowledge so generously, so... Um, unassuming and there's absolutely no judgment. I mean, I'm sure the things that we were saying to them as a group, you know, the questions inside their heads, they probably were having a bit of a chuckle, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are these practitioners and what is their intention with ultrasound because they're coming up with some strange things, but just to have them there right beside you hand holding literally the device and telling you and showing you anatomy and and also they were so humble and and actually you know even acknowledge oh when they put like the probe because my um zygomaticus major is not where it should be it's really really lateral (laughs) so i was a bit of a mystery in that course and on a previous course And, you know, even for them to be so honest and humble and just say, hey, what the heck? You know, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, I'm not doing a very good accent, but, you know, what's going on here? And, you know, this is not quite right. And, And I don't have all the answers. And I think just marrying that up with a full day, like it's an intense day. Um, a full day but I I just loved it I I would have loved to have been doing another course the next day actually just to really cement what we learned and then they do like a little quiz at the end where you can um, win some um, cookies so uh, yeah it's just fun it's a very um, safe um, no, no judgment and I would highly recommend people go along to it and as I said, I just love the ability to refresh your knowledge, and and it's also, you know, you can. There are lots of ultrasound courses because I've looked at actually doing, like, say, a diploma, um, just to have paperwork because I think it's important to have some formal documentation of things. Because where do we get that stand? As you said, something like there's no standardisation. No, but. Those courses are all on musculoskeletal, they're on abdominal, they're on obstetrics. That's not helpful. So really, um, and also, you know, you, they didn't spend a lot of time on the physics and terminology because that's, that's almost assumed learning when you go on yeah. the day course. So I think the, the way that they've done it is brilliant. And I would love to head across to the Netherlands and do some more actually with them. And and I think it, it just makes you realize that you can actually learn it. That I was initially very overwhelmed, thought, oh, no, 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 I don't think I'll be able to do this. I won't know the structures, but it's just time spent. And um, I think if you if you're keen and you're curious and you're wanting to elevate your aesthetic practice, I think it's an important step.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, um, I think we've got a quick question from people are yeah. watching. So um, everyone is watching. Uh, Mari, uh, is it Marianne? and uh, inspired to Stan Tracy. I think is probably watching. Um, this is the cutaneous course that's run by uh, Leonie and Peter. That's based in the Netherlands. They have an online um, course as well, uh, which uh, I'm going to be doing very soon. But um, is very good. Viv, um, I'm going to beat you to a question, if that's okay, because um, I'm just conscious of time. Um Martina, you've got the new your new practice has opened in a new location what um what does the future hold for you um in your aesthetic practice what are you hoping for
2: the iceberg really
1: yeah go on um
2: i think that the practice will just continue to grow i think word of mouth is everything in practice so have um, we've got a very good reputation as one of the better clinics in the area. And I think probably just being able to continue to do what we're doing now um, and growing as a team. Um, And I think, you know, perhaps onboarding some extra staff eventually down the track. But... You know, I think we forget about the moment that we're in right now, Yeah. Uh, where I sit right now in my professional career, and I'm very grateful for, actually, and I think we're always thinking of the future and more, and what can we do, and I think it's important to embrace the now and
1: realize that
2: life's good.
1: Perfectly (laughs) said. Perfectly said. Go it, on, it, Viv. I'll let you wrap it
0: up. Was just um, recently, I think within a week or a couple of weeks ago, you were at a beauty expo talking about um, tooth gr- teeth grinding and masseter reduction and the problems that patients have with stress. And yeah. I think you asked me a couple of weeks back, Martina, if I had a meme to send you that you could use for for this uh, presentation. Um, so you've got a big interest in in master uh, treatment, master assessment. So what I thought I'd do quickly. I know I know we're short for time. time. Um, it was well, this just is
2: at the end, Viv. Is, is this a test? No no, 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 it's, it's not right a
0: test. It's, every, purely, every, it's, every. Purely, it's purely a scan, a masseter scan. This one was carried out by um, the radiologist Caroline and Mary Lewis. It's a longitudinal masseter scan of a patient to show on ultrasound what masseter movement looks like, dynamic masseter movement. And what I'll do, I'll, I'll let you have a look. This is, this is the original scan that's carried out. Now I'll show you the CGI work that I did on it. It's really just to show. What can be done with technology these days that's the same scan carried where i've used um, cgi computer graphic technology to augment it to let you see more clearly exactly what you're looking at and
2: honestly and uh, i think your ability to be able to do that to show that to patients it just makes so much more sense when you've done this viv
0: It just makes things easier, and um, again, as I mentioned, I'm going to be writing about this for a a publication in a couple of months' time. That was by Chris um, Carolina Mara Lewis, radiologist from Argentina. And I can't, we can't do a live without mentioning the one and only Dr. Leone Schelker. So, here's one by Leone. This is a scan that she carried out, and this is um, looking at a nodule that was found um, within the jawline, um, this is the original scan. She looked at the ultrasound and I carried out some work on it there, that CGI work. The blue area is filler, the red area is the parotid and it's within the SMAS tissue um, within an area, um, mid face. So you yeah. can see the problem um, caused by, um, not formation because of injection into the wrong tissue. Um, that really just highlights the interest that you've got in in masseter treatment and assessment, what 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 do you what have you found particularly in terms of um, teeth grinding in patients since lockdown? Have you found that they don't realise they've got it, or is it something that they they know they need help with? What have you found in your own personal experience uh, with your dental work?
2: Look, I just am amazed by the, it it in itself is a pandemic, I believe, of bruxism. Um, When we were in lockdown, we were very restricted with our practice. So we really were limited to seeing emergencies. And, you know, honestly, every day someone would present with facial pain related to bruxism or fractured teeth. And, you know, it's really well-documented In all the literature searches now about this psychological association with bruxism and how bruxism has, you know, um, created a lot of damage on the teeth and it presents um, with pain and masseter hypertrophy and bulking of that. So um, my experience during lockdown, and I have done my own little internal antidotal study, um, just for observational purposes. But you know, I would say during the pandemic, it has, it, it really increased. I would say about seventy, eighty percent. The presentation of patients with pain related to dental bruxism was just overwhelming. And, you know, they might have teeth that have been either lost, not in my hands, because I'm very much a tooth preserver, um, but, you know, cracks in teeth. um, And, you know, what's very classic is patients having that, you know, linear, uh, the keratosis in the cheek and the tongue scalloping. So that's kind of how I fell into aesthetics. I always... Honor that and always reflect on that, because I wouldn't have known this beautiful world of aesthetics had I not have had that experience. but you know being able to help patients who haven't had relief of jaw pain by doing a really good multidisciplinary approach to helping them, um, which does include um, you know splint therapy, physio. um injectables and i think for me it's been really interesting to see the masseter muscle like on ultrasound the masseter muscle is just such an interesting muscle because you really see how anatomically different it is compared to all the other facial muscles because all of the other facial muscles are presenting with a you know a thin hypoechoic yeah um look for the people who are not understanding but like a dark layer um and then you see the masseter and it just looks like a big cauliflower it's so fibrous it's got so many septae. it's so thick um different bellies different depths and you know how can we get that right i'm amazed how we've done it in the past to be fair you know given the anatomy of the masseter it's such an intriguing muscle and its, it's... proximity to
1: it's astounding and scary at the same time i mean it's It's, that's where ultrasound comes into its own doesn't it you can visualize that like you just said it's a thin line and you can yeah you can visualize it wherever it is in the rest of the face but when you visualize visualize a master and even patients you show it to them and say this is your master muscle even they get it and then you know that's 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 where it really comes into its own
2: absolutely and then when viv can do the cgi and make all the
1: colors
2: you know and i think it, it it gives us so much information because then there's this, the the phenomenon of, you know, the paradoxical bulging. Um, and then we're wondering, is that the superficial belly of the muscle? Is that the deep part that's protruding? So to be able to visualize that and see that, um, I, I just think it's just amazing. I, I think I, I just love that I'm still curious. Yeah. Um, I, I get more curious as I get older, actually. And I think just... The privilege of education and being able to learn is just—it's life-changing.
0: What would you say, Martina, for anyone maybe considering the whole idea of using ultrasound in their own aesthetics work? What what would you say to them? What would your advice be from from somebody in your position who would never previously come across it? Someone who's gone through training and starting who's now starting to use it, what would be your advice based on your own experiences for somebody thinking about the whole idea?
2: Well, I think, you know, really four months ago, I would have been sitting on the end of this live thinking, gosh, I don't know if I could do that. It's (laughs) overwhelming. For me, I mean, my concern is the whole technology and will, you know, I be able to use the machine but I think they all are very straightforward, actually. And I think the learning curve is steep, but the learning curve is, it's doable, if you're interested. And it's time, it is time to recognize images. I don't know whether looking at images all the time, black and white on radiographs and x-rays, whether that's helped me. Um. But I think it's it's something that you can achieve. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly no expert at all. I, I really am still in my infancy of learning. But I can look at a structure. I can look at um, anatomy on the face. I can map the face. And I can, you know, visualize the an, an anatomy. And particularly with aesthetics. I mean, we're looking at blood vessels and we're trying to, Minimize harm,
1: exactly, and
2: we're trying to minimize complications. And every time a needle is placed in the face, whether it's in a safe area, there are no safe areas because anat- anatomical variations are just present in every patient. So I think really to continue to do what we've always done um, is not good. I think challenging the status quo is always good I think we have to be advocates for our patients. We have to know that we are actually doing the best that we can for them. And I think, give it a go. I mean, it's a very um, affordable entry point into aesthetics and uh, in ultrasound. And you can actually very quickly realize if it's for you or not. Um, But I think if you're really serious about aesthetics and you're really serious about delivering good results and economically to the patient, actually, as well. And if you want to be perceived by your patients and your peers as elevating your aesthetics, I think it's a really good
0: idea. Great. Really
1: good answer.
0: It was just one last question, sorry. <laughs> it was just about the whole fact that we've only really met through social media, uh, Martina. We, we've never met face-to-face. I've never known you prior to last year. What what would you say? Would you say social media has helped you communicate and keep in touch with practitioners around the world to talk about your experiences of dentistry and uh, facial aesthetics? Do you think it's helped you over the last few years?
2: Oh, look! It's just been absolutely lovely connecting with you know influential people as yourself <laughs> I'm I'm very inspiring. <laughs> both of you your career is extremely inspiring and I'm just you know absolutely humbled and thrilled that I've been invited to speak with you guys so absolutely I think it it's been a lovely thing to be able to connect and I, I really think for me social media was something that really took off during the pandemic yeah and, you know, it, it's it's something sometimes you have a love, hate relationship with it because it, it's, you know, there's that fear of comparisonitis and, you know, you, you, um, you know, that you spend a lot of time that you could be doing other things. But then there's so many great positives like this has been wonderful for me today. Um, it's opened up a world of information that we wouldn't have had before. And I think it's been beautiful to connect with people. And I think um, in terms of having it for, um, as a profile for a practitioner, it's nice for people to get to know you a little bit. Um, You know, I think we're always curious. We're always wanting to know what's going on in someone else's life. So I think it demystifies people. I've certainly had a lot of people come through with anxiety Um, and they come along and they think, well, you know, I've been watching your socials and I I think I'm gonna be safe here. But it's been a a really great um, experience during the pandemic, I think, to establish some relationships, get to know, as you said, that it's only been about a year. and, And also just being able to ask questions and see what other people's experience of something has been. It just gives you that little bit um a sense of connection.
0: Thanks very much,
1: Martina. I was going to ask on behalf of uh, Viv, actually, and myself. Martina, I'd be really interested, if we did another live and we focused maybe with a little bit of prep on your thesis and how, um, especially with lower lower face laxity, because I think that's what, it's one of the tough ones, especially when we're dealing with older patients. I mean, yeah. anybody, you know, our age and above, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, and how you, how, how like, potentially marrying that with, the, with the ultrasound as well to kind of assess the tissues before going in. So yes. I mean, you know, that would be that would be a brilliant live if we could uh, if we could. Do yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm just in the process of um, publishing the results. So you know, lockdown was good in that regard because I spent four months researching 350 papers. Wow. So I critically <laughs> critically appraised using criti- critical appraisal tools, 302 articles.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> that definitely, I'm sure, I'm sure- Because I thought, that
2: like, let's make the research mean something. Exactly. I, if I had it been working, If I hadn't been working, it would have just been doing it to get it done.
1: Exactly.
2: But I sat at this kitchen table with my kids um, and my work day was nine to five doing my research, knee deep in research. But it's been good. We've had some really good findings. And so we're in the process of publishing that right now. So I think it's a bit of a slow process. I don't well, think we'll we, make this we would cut off. To, but we
1: would love to hear about that on a, on a live. And I'd we'll love to And mar- marrying it up with um, use of ultrasound as well. So that'd be brilliant. Viv, I'll let you wrap up because we... Uh...
0: Just, just wanted to, I think we both really l- love talking to you this evening. Um, Martina and we've got to thank you for getting up this early hour in Sydney to do this so we've got we've really very very thankful for that um hopefully we'll have a chat again in the future we'll discuss your um, um and your master's results and the work you've done in that um and really just any final words that you'd like to say to anyone watching who's been listening to you anything that you wanted to say in addition to what we've already talked about
2: I think just go out and be your best self. And I think to stay curious and to learn um, is a privilege. And I think that we should always be trying to do our best. And I think just as a practitioner, I mean, it's just boring to continue to stay the same. We have to be able to evolve. I can't do what I was doing 10 years ago. I can't do that. So I think just constantly try to aspire to be the best practitioner you can be whatever that looks like for you but I think um the thanks um goes to you guys to for having me on I really appreciate it um it's I've just watched the you know the the Sydney skyline get bright it was dark <laughs> this morning I thought my dog might have gone off but he's didn't been- <laughs> and I must um. say i I've literally woken up every hour because I was so nervous I might
1: sleep oh, in. No. Oh, no. <laughs> we really, we, oh. we really, we maybe, really, maybe have a power nap now before yeah. everyone wakes up at home.
2: No, no, I'm, I'll, I'll be heading out the door soon. and We'll get the day started. Okay,
1: yeah. okay yeah. brilliant.
0: We, we, we could talk all night, but thanks I, a lot I, for... Spending all this time with us, Martin, and, and giving us all this knowledge that you've got—very kind of you. I just wanted to say we've got next um, next Thursday, um, Thursday on Thursday, a couple of days' time. We've got uh, Professor Mariam Idrissi from Morocco, who's a uh, professor of radiology, and we'll having a, we'll be having a good chat with her about aesthetics and ultrasound, and that's on Thursday the first at eight thirty p.m. UK time. Um, but again, uh, Sunny and I just. Uh, a big thank you for joining us this evening, um, Martina. And we'll organise another chat with you in the future, maybe later this year. We'll talk about the work you've done uh, with your Masters. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Loved it. Great. Thanks
2: for having me. Thanks. Enjoy the thanks. rest of the bank holiday weekend.
1: A few hours we definitely <laughs> will. A few hours. Thanks, Viv. Thanks, Martina. <laughs> thank you Thanks so much. a lot. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>